Hi everyone and welcome to our podcast. I'm Sean Maloney from Nutraceuticals World. At Expo West 2023 in Anaheim, I sat down with Erin Stokes, a naturopathic doctor, educator, and mom who lives with her family in Boulder, Colorado. Erin is the medical director for Megafood, the certified B Corporation that's celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Erin spearheads the health and wellness education movement at Megafood to empower people to change their lives and help grow healthy communities. At Expo West, we discussed gut health, stress, women's health, including Megafood's women's ensemble product line, soil health, and much more. If you want to learn more, if you have feedback, or want to suggest a topic or expert, there's a link in our story notes that you can use to contact us. So to start, I wonder if you could tell me a little bit um, about what attracted you to naturopathic medicine. Absolutely. So I grew up in a medical family. My dad's a retired orthopedic surgeon. My grandfather was an orthopedic surgeon. So I grew up around medicine. But for me, I really chose a different path. Uh, I really believe that bringing together nature and science is really fundamental. And I also, from a young age, was very interested in plants and the power of the body to heal. And so for me, it's like the the combination of nature and science and pursuing a path that really supported the whole person and the body's innate ability to heal was, was right for me. So I guess for me, it was a lot about like being exposed to medicine from an early age, but realizing that there was another way, that there was another way of looking at health and healing. That being said, I strongly believe in integrative medicine, and so I do believe that conventional medicine absolutely has its place. But I get really excited about sharing with people the possibilities that go beyond that around lifestyle, nutrition, herbal medicine, the power of plants, and how you can bring that into your everyday life. Um, As a doctor, what's your assessment of the role food and supplements should play in healthcare versus how the role that they actually do today. Yes. So as a naturopathic doctor and a mom and an educator, I really believe in food first. And for some people, they find that surprising as the director of education of a supplement company. But the the fact of the matter is that the primary source of our vitamins and minerals should absolutely come from the food that we eat. So one of the main things that I love to do is actually educate people about the power of food and different foods to fill nutrient gaps. So we do know, though, that even if people do their best to eat really well, gaps in the diet are widespread. We have Center for Disease Control data that shows us nutrient deficiencies in vitamin D, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, even even good old vitamin C. Uh, there are millions of Americans deficient in these vitamins. And so I always start from the foundation of food first, but then an acknowledgement of, for a multitude of reasons, we're not really eating the food that our grandparents were eating. For example, if we look at soil health and nutrient density, I do believe that supplements play a role. And so, for example, starting with a, a multivitamin, a really high-quality multivitamin to fill gaps in the diet, that's one of the first places I start. So what I really like to um, share with people is the intersection of 
the food they're eating, the way they're living their lives, and the and the, the appropriate role of supplements. Yeah, I want to come back to soil health because yeah. I think that's a that's a, a, a a big and important issue. Yes. Um, but I want to stay on education for a minute. Sure. We live in the era of information overload. Yes, we sure do. What are the biggest challenges you face in educating people about health and nutrition and the role of supplements in the diet? I think the biggest challenge is you really put your finger on it is that people are completely overwhelmed with information. So I see it as my job to make the what I'm sharing with people compelling, interesting, simple, and actionable. And I think part of what happens with people is they're, they're given so much information, but then not how to act on it, and also not the inspiration to do anything. And so part of my mission statement is to provide people with both the knowledge and it's this knowledge in a simple way and the inspiration because I find that those two in tandem are super important to have both the information but the ins- also the inspiration to say, yes, I want to do this. I want to include, for example, these food sources of iron in my diet or I want to find a new way of living my life. And to do that, you have to be compelling and inspiring. Sure, yeah. Can you talk more about the state of soil health today and how that's changed over time and why and what the implications are for the nutritional value of food that we eat? Yes. So through our agriculture efforts, they've been mainly focused on getting the most yield out of our land that we can. So basically using our land to get the most we can extract from it. And soil is actually, you can look at soil as a living organism. It's full of microbes and it's it's a whole environment and what we found is that our soil has become depleted over time and that's not just something that we say there's actual data there's a a study from USDA study that was came out of the University of Texas at Austin that showed that crops from 1950 to 1999 showed a decrease in nutrient values so we we do have studies around that and that's in part because we're not caring for the soil now we know that there are regenerative agricultural practices and part of what we do with our healthy farm standard is that we we partner with farmers all over the country to work together to have practices that support soil health do you think there's more recognition today about regenerative agriculture, what that means, and, and uh, you know, better adoption of those practices? Yes and no. And, and here's what I'll say. I'll say within our industry, they're in, within the farming community, there definitely is an increase in both interest and understanding of regenerative agriculture. A big part of my role is about educating people out in the world, consumers, everyday folks. And I would say among those people, we've actually seen that a lot of people don't know what regenerative agriculture means and and find the term confusing. So it's another opportunity for us to help provide clarity for people around what it actually is. Sure. I wonder if you could talk about the importance of gut health. Um, Maybe talk... Uh, and explain the, the gut-brain axis, which we hear a lot yes, about lately, yes. um, and our current understanding of the microbiome, which is a big buzzword, but there seems like a lot of potential on that, in that realm. I'll start with the microbiome. The microbiome is really our own 
community or even I call it like our personal garden. It's as unique as your fingerprint. So your microbiome and my microbiome are, are completely different. And it's made up of so many organisms that are influenced by lifestyle factors, primarily our nutrition. You know, for example, like a fiber-rich diet, vegetable-rich diet is really good for supporting a healthy microbiome. It's also influenced by factors such as medication use, our stress levels. And what we know is that a lot of the same neurotransmitters that are in our brain actually exist in our gut. For example, like serotonin. And I think that we intuitively know this because of phrases like, I got butterflies in my stomach, or I had a gut feeling. Those didn't just come out of, out of like thin air. They're really based on people's real experience of that gut-brain connection. And so, although I can't you know necessarily comment definitively on it, I can just say that there's more and more coming out around how, for example, our mood may be influenced by the health of our microbiome. And to your point, it is a buzzword. So just think about it as like your own personal community of both, both the good bacteria, the bad bacteria. It's just, it's kind of like, I, I say it like our personal garden. And a lot of people seem to get that. They're like, okay, I get it. Like, it's like my garden. It's going to have some different bugs in it and different. And it needs to be cared for. And it needs to be cared for just like a garden. Yeah. yeah, it really does. It needs to be nourished and cared for. So you mentioned stress earlier when we were talking yes. about gut health. Everybody seems stressed out these days. Yes. Do you have tips for managing stress and, and hardship today? Uh, especially among young people, I've seen a lot of statistics about um, how much stress and, and burnout people are, are dealing with these days. Yes, you know, I, I have a personal interest in the health of our of our youth. I have a 16-year-old son and, you know, him and his group of friends, I think they have faced unprecedented stress by going through the COVID pandemic um, during their adolescence uh, combined with social media pressures. And so my, you know, the first thing that comes to mind around stress is the importance of connection. And we talk a lot about like we're more connected than ever through, for example, social media platforms, but there's also a lot of disconnection. So the power of connection, particularly in-person connection, and there's, there's a lot of studies that show that loneliness is really at an epidemic level and that loneliness could be, can be one of the most damaging things to our long-term health. So I think starting with that, connecting with people in person is, is really powerful. Then I also think that daily, how you live your life, your daily habits are essential. And so starting your day by either getting outside or even a short meditation practice. For some people, meditation feels out of reach, but I recommend people start with as little as five minutes a day. And then one thing that I think is really undervalued that very much connects with stress is sleep and the importance and power of sleep. It's also been shown that we're sleeping a lot less than prior generations. And so I often say that your journey to a good night's sleep begins from the moment you wake up. So it has a lot to do with how we're living our days. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the power of getting outdoors and the power of nature. And so that's, that is something that I think is important for both stress and sleep. Great. Um, 
So, in this industry and, and many others, I feel like women have been underrepresented in research, yes. Yes. Um, and their health needs have been underserved. Can you talk about how Megafood is sort of addressing that, and maybe what you would like to see companies do in this industry, how they to focus on, uh, you know, what areas of health should they focus on when it comes to meeting women where they are? It's true that women have historically been underrepresented and underserved in terms of meeting their specific needs. So one of the things that Megafood has done is we've launched a new line of supplements specific for women called Women's Ensemble. And so we're actually um, featuring them at Expo West here today. And the two that we have currently are Mood Support, which features a saffron extract, and then PMS support, very specifically designed for women, that includes chase tree berry. So I think acknowledging the unique health challenges and opportunities for women, and then making sure that we're designing and developing products that meet those needs is, is very important. Yeah, great. Erin, thanks so much. Appreciate Thank that. you. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate the time. Thank you.